So Happy New Year, everybody. From Happy New Year from me, Patrick from Cookie. Um, great to be starting the uh, 2022 off. I feel like we are now definitely in, um, like, for me growing up, when you saw any kind of films and they were kind of futuristic sci-fi films, anything like that, that we're, we're now in that territory for me now. So growing up, like watching those films in like those years, 2020, 2022, 2025, that were kind of so far off in the distance and so different to our reality and my reality as a child. I feel like we're well in, in that territory now and living out, seeing what it actually looks like uh, to live in the, the 2020s and in, in 2022. No, we've not got to fly a, hoverboards, haven't really taken off, have they? Uh, we thought they might have done by now, but... Yeah, um, so yeah, it's great to be sharing with you this Sunday. Uh, I like to call this Sunday as New Year's Resolution Sunday, um, that we come to church the first Sunday, usually you get a message about New Year's resolutions uh, as we, as we kind of kick off this new year, as many of us like to, to do that whole New Year, New Me thing, and look at how we can, we can better ourselves, we can look ahead to this year ahead. So this morning, you're going to get a bit of a message around New Year's resolutions, if that's okay. But um, it is that time of year, isn't it, when January, the gyms are full. Um, has anybody been to the gym already in 2022, this year? One or two hands, maybe. Um, but it is, uh, January is the year when most people sign up for the gym and most people go to the gym. Um, and I read a statistic that says that um, 80% of people that start going to the gym in January, by the end of February, have stopped going. So um, there's a bit of a challenge for you if you are looking to, to do a bit more exercise this year. Um, I was expecting it to be, a bit to be like the Tour de France this morning on the way to church. Usually you can see everyone get the bikes out and things like that, those New Year's resolutions. But there was, there's maybe one or two extra cyclists out there, um, but it wasn't too bad this morning on the, on the roads. Um, and I actually read the... Um, the, the top tip for you, if you have set a New Year's resolutions, um, well, the, actually the top tip, the best way not to break your New Year's resolution is just don't set any. Um, so uh, if, you need, if you need a tip for New Year's resolution this morning, um, that's, that could be the way to go. But if anyone has set any New Year's resolutions, then um, I want to encourage you, it's a good thing to do, it's a positive thing to do to see how you can better yourself, uh, if it might be often it's ways to be healthier, to be fitter. Um, to maybe look after your finances better, to maybe spend more time with your family. All of these are positive things to do. Um, so I want to commend you for that, and I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm knocking you this morning as we talk, as I kind of carry on with this message. But when we come to choosing our New Year's resolutions, it's a bit like we look in a mirror, don't we? So we might look in a, in a mirror. It might be our appearance. Um, it might be that we've put on a bit of extra weight over Christmas and something like that, and we're, we're looking to, to lose a bit of it. But it might be that we just look at a, a kind of mirror of our life and think, actually, where is my life at, at this moment in time? Where do I find myself in this time? What do I want to change in this year ahead? What do I want to see happen differently in this year ahead? And we look a bit in the mirror and see kind of where we're at in, in, at this moment in time and look ahead thinking, how do I want to make it better? Uh, no, obviously a, a good thing to do. But as Cookie mentioned, we're starting our new theme this morning, which is go again. It is that chance, that new opportunity uh, for a fresh start, for a, a fresh season in our life, a fresh time period for us to go again. Um, so this morning I'm going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6. Um, so I'm just going to read this passage for you now uh, and then uh, kind of continue into pick a few things out of it. Uh, so this is Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 33. 
It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, as I mentioned, if you've set New Year's resolutions that kind of maybe mention some of these things, um, I'm not having a go. As I said, it is a good thing to set these New Year's resolutions and to, to want to, to have the, the best that we can in these areas. We do them all for good reasons. But this morning, I just want us to kind of take a, in some ways, a step back from before we decide on our New Year's resolutions. And one verse in there really kind of struck out to me and kind of out to, to talk about this morning. And it's verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. This morning, I want to ask you the question, who is your master? Now, there it mentions about God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. But there could be plenty of other things that we could put in, in that place instead of money as well. So many other things in our, in our life that can be distractions, that can, that can come in our life and seem so important that we actually serve them more than we serve God. We, we make decisions, we make choices based on the importance of those things over actually the importance of God in our life. So I want to ask you the question, who is the master in your decision making? Who is the master of your choices? And as we look to this year ahead, you might have made some New Year's resolutions, you might have made some plans for this year, but I want to ask you the question, who is the master in those choices and in those plans? Before we get right on any, any decisions we make about ourselves, about things we want to change this year, I want to ask us the question, who are we serving? Who are we living for? Who are we following this year. It is a, a good to have a kind of fresh season and a fresh opportunity, but something that kind of not annoys me is that, that people look to, to a, new, a new year or a new kind of season and think, oh, well, it'll all be different. The, this, this year is going to be better than the last one. And, and in the, the previous time, they seem to have forgotten all about where your hope and your actual um, 
foundation should come from, and that is Jesus. And that if we actually look to Jesus all of the time to be our hope, to be our strength, to be the foundation of our lives, we shouldn't need to wait for, oh, just wait till next year, we're better next year, or wait till this goes away, and then, then, then we'll be able to get on with our lives, then everything will be okay. But no, no, our hope is in Jesus. He is the firm foundation of our life. We should always be looking for him to be our strength and our hope. It's about having an obedience to God over our own desires. Often there can be things that we, we want for our life and, and that we seek and we think, wouldn't it be nice to have that? Wouldn't it be great to have that? Wouldn't it be great to be that bit, a little bit thinner or that little bit fitter or that little bit healthier? And we can put those things above actually simply serving God in our life as well. Now there's two key areas that I think are a great indicator to actually see where our, our heart lies and see who we are serving, seeing who our master is. Those two areas are our money and our time. I think both these things are so important for us in our lives because they are both limited. Our time is limited. We can't gain any more time than we've got. There's so many hours in a day, so many days in a week, so many uh, Days in a year, and we can't, we can't gain more time in that way, can we? It is limited. It is so important what we do with it. And with our money as well, we can always earn more money, but at any one time, our money is limited as well, isn't it? So when it comes to, to money, God asks us to honour him with our finances, with our, our money. Um, in Leviticus chapter 27, uh, verse 30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. Now, this is the, the law that was given to, to Moses, to God's people. And here, uh, God asked that the people said to give a tenth of all their income, of everything they got, of everything they grew, um, to God. And then moving into the New Testament, this is when Jesus talks about this law in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Now, Jesus, talking to the teachers of the law here, kind of clarifying what he's saying here, that, that they've been given this law and they've, they've followed this law. They've done the, the thing that they're supposed to. They've given a tenth of, of their income, of their first fruits, but they've actually missed out, actually, the, those things that justice, mercy, and faithfulness as part of that. Saying, yeah, you should do that, but you've got to do it with, with these things as well. We've just had uh, Christmas with loads of presents being given around to different people. And often we, we give gifts to people, um, not just because it's the, the right thing to do, but we give, um, we give a gift with a, with a heart attitude, don't we? So it might be because you love someone, that if your spouse or family members or, or children, you give them a gift, but you're giving it out of love as well. You, you give it because you love them and you want to, to show that love in the way of giving a gift. It might be that you've given some people a gift of thankfulness this Christmas, that there's someone that's maybe done a lot for you or been very helpful for you, and you think, actually, I want to give them a gift in a way to say, to say thank you as well. It might be that you've done it as a blessing, that you've, you've felt someone, actually, I really want to bless that person this Christmas, and you've given something maybe above and beyond that would expect from you. In that kind of same way, we can we give these gifts with a heart, like attitude, an attitude of our heart with a kind of motive as well. I think Jesus is saying that 
um, for us to, to give to him, but not just out of law, not just out of duty, but actually out of honour to God, out of service to him. And before we do anything else with our finances, have we had that attitude of God saying, actually, God, I want to honour you with my finances. I want to give you the first fruits of my finances as well. We can say we, we, we love someone. We could say, yeah, we love someone with all our heart. We want to do anything for that person, but then you're not having this, this area of my life. That doesn't quite work, does it? doesn't quite sound right, does it? If you've got one of your children that you say, yeah, I'll do anything for you, but then you're like, oh, could you just go and make me a drink? And go, no, no, I can't, I can't do that for you. There's, there's certain areas that, that I couldn't do. We think we can be like that with our finances sometimes. We say, yeah, God, I'll do anything for you, but you're not, you're not touching my finances. Actually, this is a great indicator of who our master is, who is master of our lives. Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your wealth. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. We can use the excuse of actually, oh, I need to wait till I've got a bit more money before I start giving any of it to God. I need to wait till I've got that spare money before I can give any of it to God. But God actually saying, no, honour me first with your wealth and I will honour you in that. It's about putting God first, giving him the control over that, putting him in his rightful place. I love that thought of God can't bless something if it's not being given to him. If we keep control, if we keep everything to ourselves, God is not able to work with that. Whatever we're able to surrender to God, then God can work with that, can't he? If that's something that has kind of uh, maybe challenged you or you've not really thought of before, or something you actually think, yeah, I need to put God first in my finances. I need to be able to do that. Um, we have ways that you can, you can give um, here at the church, so you can do that online. Um, the, the best way, I think, to look in at a new year ahead and thinking, actually, throughout this year, God, I want to put you first in my finances. I want to honor you first in that. Uh, the best way to do that is by setting up a standing order. So if you would like to do that, um, please visit the link after the service. We've got standing order forms that you can fill out there. If it is just a one-off giving, then there's, there's giving to do there as well if you want to fill out a giving envelope. Okay, the second thing then is our time. Now, one of the, uh, the worst examples I can think of somebody using their time well is when we had free lessons at college or sixth form. Did anyone remember having those kind of free lessons where you didn't have a, didn't have a lesson to go to, but it's in between your other lessons? Um, and those were the periods of time that were specifically given with a purpose. So the specific purpose was for you to study, to revise, to do your coursework. So it's a period of time given with a specific purpose, but Probably in the first half term or term, I never saw anybody using that time in the right way. People even went to the lens of inventing things to do because they were bored in those times when they should have been revising. So games were invented, different things like that, and where often things got broken or people got hurt, um, specifically to avoid not using that time for its right purpose. Sometimes we can be like that even when we're a bit older as well, can't we? A bit of a procrastination when things need to be done, but we just find anything we can not to use our time in, in the way that we should. But um, I think often we can, we can look at time and we can think, oh, I've not got, I've not got time to do all that. Um, often I think what we really mean is I've not got the energy to do that. 
We do have so many hours in a day that we can, we can only fit a certain amount in. But often when we, we think about something extra or maybe an extra responsibility or something else that we could be doing, we, we might say, oh, I've not got time for that. But what we really mean is I've not got the energy for that. And I think that when we look at our lives, it's a great time to, like is with the new year, to look at um, what our priorities are in the way that we spend our time. So many of us waste so much time with scrolling on our phones or looking at social media or binge watching TV programs on Netflix, things like that. If we look at our actual time, there are so many ways that we can use our time better. And I think if we look at that and think, how much time, how much of our week do we spend with God? How much time do we spend serving God? It might be that, um, that there's many ways, that there is obviously many ways doing that. I'm not just talking about um, coming to church, but it's also our devotional life, time we spend reading God's word, time in prayer, uh, time we spend showing God's love to other people, where we're intentional actually serving God in that way as well. And there's so many different ways that we do that, but how much is God a priority in the, the way we plan our time as well? If you look at your week and think, actually, I've not got time to read my Bible, I've not got time to do that, is that showing you that actually God isn't the master of your life? Is it actually showing you that you need to rearrange some of your priorities, you need to reorder your life to make sure God is the master over your life? The last verse of that passage I read says, Seek first God's kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to the lonely places and prayed. So often Jesus was bothered by these crowds of people wanting to hear from, wanting him to speak to them. And obviously any word Jesus would have spoken to them would have been helpful. It would have been good for these people to hear. It would have made a difference in their lives. But Jesus still took those times when he knew he had to spend that time with his father praying. If it's important for Jesus, how much more important has it got to be for us to spend that time in God's word? To spend that time devoted saying, God, this is solely your time. This is time for you to speak to me. Time for me to, to show you, to spend that time, how much I want to get to know you more, how much I love you. Before you fill your time with gym sessions, with bike rides, with Weight Watchers meetings, whatever it is you're, you're planning for January... Planning your time with God. Be purposeful and intentional in saying, God, I want you to be master of my life. That means giving you the best of my time. Giving you time that is specifically for that. When I think about, just like with finances, I think about who do I want to be in control of my life? Who do I want to, to be in charge of my life? I would much rather my life be in God's hands, God's hands, the person that created the universe, the person that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I would so much rather my finances, my life, um, the, the, the future of my life be in his hands than anything I can do myself, anything I can attain myself. I'd much rather my life was set in his hands that he has the best, he wants the best for each and every one of us in that. If the band would like to, to come back up now. At the start, I talked about looking in a, in a mirror. And we, we can do that when we think about maybe the year ahead or our New Year's resolutions. Think about things we want to change, things we could do better, things we can, ways we could improve our life. I want us to, this morning, I want us to look in a mirror in a different way. I want us to look in a mirror and ask the question, how much do I look like Jesus? 
When we think about the world that we live in, we think about the culture, think about everything we read on social media, everything we see on the news, but everything that our world looks like, we can be so easily distracted by that and compare and get caught up in all of that that we actually miss the point of serving our master and showing Jesus to our world. That our world should not just be a reflection. We, as, as a church, we should not just be a reflection of the world uh, and, and copying that, essentially. We have got to show a better way to our world. We have got to be a community that shows Jesus to our world. We're not called to, to mirror it. We're called to mirror God's kingdom, to mirror Jesus in our world. Whether it's our workplace, as we're heading back to work after Christmas, as we're, as we're getting on into the new routine of life again. How much do we look like Jesus as we step into this? If we want to live out our vision for this, uh, that this church has got to, to transform our communities one person at a time, it's going to take us to walk differently. It's going to take us to live differently. It's going to take us to be people that seek God's kingdom first, that not, uh, don't have selfish um, attitudes or, or just want the best for ourselves, but actually to be people that say, no, God, I want to put you first. I want to seek your kingdom first and example that and mirror that to our broken world. Church, if you want to stand with me. So as I pray now, just take a moment to imagine you kind of stood in front of that mirror and, and put your, your life there. And ask yourself that question, how much does my life look like Jesus? How much do I look like Jesus? Is he really the master of my life? It might be those areas that I've talked about that are actually thinking, yeah, God's not master of my finances. God's not master of my time. And you need to work some things out over these next few weeks about how you make sure God is. It might be certain areas that you think, actually, yeah, I need to be show Jesus better in those, in those situations, in your workplace, with your family, in your neighbourhood. Yeah, God, I thank you for a new year, Lord. I thank you for um, the year that's gone, Lord, for your faithfulness in all of that, for everything that, that has happened, God. And we just pray as we look ahead to this new year, you will help us to be um, difference makers in our world. You will help us to be um, those that seek you first, that show a new way, that show a better way to the broken world around us, God that you help each and every one of us put you first in our life, Lord. We will serve you. We will follow you. We will hunger after you, Lord God. And that in everything, Lord, we will look to honour, to serve you, to love you with all of our hearts this year, God. Amen.